It's time once again for the Gary the Foodie Restaurant Update, and uh, this is the November edition. We are near the end, folks. This is Gary's Spotlight on Portland Restaurants. Yep. Just to uh, make sure that p- people know that we also have Gary's Spotlight on San Francisco, mm-hmm. and we're going to have more as we go. We got we have to cut those, Gary. I know. So anyway, we're always it's it's our privilege to have Gary Okazaki with us, who. Um, Tell us a little bit about the Portland food world, as a, in addition to the world of food. And um, so, as we usually do every month, I'm going to talk to Gary about some of the places he's discovered, some of the places you've maybe rediscovered, and things that people should uh, people should know and want to try. Correct? Yep. I'm excited this month. We had a lot. Of, well, this do you have months month. that where you're you're not excited? Yeah. Unfortunately, I guess according to the Portland Mercury, that in my interview, I guess excitement is, you know, is 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 kind of lacking at times for me. If, well, you, ever re- if you guys have read that, if you, if you listeners out there have read the the interview. I, I would hope that you, well, not I, I, I um, you, you might want to check it out. Um, it was a little bit controversial, but okay. And you know, you've talked about this before. Yeah, like, here. over a year ago. You said you're bored of the Portland food scene, and you know, at the time, I really didn't get that, but I'll tell you the truth. I sort of get it, but you're, my getting it is different than your uh, reasons for saying that. You have a larger perspective um, where you're traveling a lot, and not that I don't travel. I'm getting a larger perspective every year. I'm, you know, trying, I'm away for a month now, or at least, but you um, are trying, when you go out, you look for the best restaurants in a city. You're not just going for anything. So or that's the, the, or the most intri- intriguing, the most creative. Right. Yeah. And so you have something to judge it against. So you're excited this month because something obviously was intriguing and creative. Well, it was a lot of sp- we've talked about special events before. I don't want to spend too much time on one-off events that have already occurred. But just to, I'll just tell you what some of them were, just, just the head, I mean, just, you know, what they were. And just for the people out there who want to do, find some intriguing events to go to where the food can be a little bit out of the ordinary. For example, this past month, there was a dessert for dinner event at Castagna where three of the best pastry chefs in town, Lauren Brenneman from Coquine, Gio Salas from Castagna, and Maya Erickson from Longbon and all of other Earl's other restaurants, they all got together and did two desserts each, one modern, one classic, and it was just fun. That was one event. Another event at the at Ava Jean's with was Boston's the Townsman the Boston's um, Matt Jennings who owns the Townsman came into town and did a one off event where he had like eight or nine menu items on the Ava Jean's menu for one night. He was there. Very nice guy. There was a breakfast club event at Kachka, where Bonnie created this sacked lunch breakfast, and it was thirty bucks, and it was a it was a fun event. So there, these events are out there, and you just have to look. If I weren't so lazy, I would try to create a clearinghouse for for well, all I, this information. I should do that too, but it, it's a lot of work. I've thought about doing it. <laughs> Housing, uh, you know, a lot of events on my Portland Food Adventures site, but that is, that's another <laughs> whole set of tasks to right. uh, to keep up with. So, um, but they're out there. I think if you pay attention to Eater and and Portland Monthly and probably 
the Mercury and Willamette Week overall in their food worlds, you can find a lot of this stuff. And then if you start subscribing to sites, you see it. And subscribing to restaurants, when you go to a restaurant, I strongly suggest get part of, be a part of their mailing list. And it can be worth the effort. So I would encourage listeners out there to do so. Right. And it's not hard to become part of a restaurant's mailing list either. So right. that's easy. And, uh, and while you're mentioning it, yeah, I got a, an email from Beast about their Tokyo Tuesday and jumped on it while I was driving through the country on my way to Newport, Oregon. And um, I had a, a marvelous time with Peter Cho and Ryan Roadhouse and Naomi. Um, it was a great dinner. Really enjoyed it. So that was a couple of weeks ago. But Naomi's continuing her series to celebrate her 10th year in business at Beast. And some of the best chefs from around the country will be coming to visit Beast over the next um, eight, nine months. Like Dominique Crenn from Italia Crenn, Ignacio Matos from Estella, Jeremy Fox from Rusty Canyon. I could go on and on. But yeah, keep an eye out for those. I don't believe all of them have sold out. So Are they all for sale? Yeah, uh, what's going to happen is she said she said in an email a month before the event if they have not sold out she will she will release tickets um, for these for these events because prior people could buy a season pass which was kind of which was a big ticket right five grand plus for the season five grand pass plus. yes and so each dinner is uh, over a couple hundred bucks too right I think it's two seventy five which includes it's all in including tip gratuity. Right, so that, uh, oh, me, tip that's like and, going. That's like going to a great restaurant in San Francisco. We're not used to paying those kind of numbers, or New York. Right, but she's bringing in well-known chefs, so you, you don't have your airfare. You just get right. to go to Beast, which is great. And that Tokyo Tuesday was fifty bucks. That was that, that was, was a, a deal. That sold yeah, out very very quickly. Yeah, I missed out. That was a good deal. All right, so let's talk about some of yours. Uh, there's a new event space, and I went to. I don't know if you've been to call the Nightwood Society in the former Chesa location. I have heard about it, for sure. Yeah, and and I I went there for an event last week where Sarah Schaefer from Irving Street Kitchen, she did like a one-night pop-up where it was a vegetarian dinner. Like, again, it was a one-off event, so there's no point in actually talking about what I ate that night, other than the fact that the reason to bring it up is the Nightwood Society is out there. It's a it's a woman owned woman woman run business, but it is not limited to women events. If you're male, female, whatever, just if you want a nice space, it's a bigger space. Uh, you know, go look into getting into, getting into contact with the Nightwood people, and um, you know, see if the event space is conducive to what you want. What you want to do for an event, like a wedding or um, a meeting. It, it was, it's, it's, a, it's a nice space. I feel bad that Jose's not there. Well, the Chesa isn't there anymore, because I did enjoy Chesa. But, oh, you can um, still go to Atala. Yeah, and they, they took the space, because they still lease the space, um, Christina Baez and, and Jose, and they, they created the Nightwood Society, along with Michelle Batista. Right. And, it, and I had an enjoyable time that night. Three really cool people. Yep. All in one shot. So is it just Michelle, too? So it's the three no, of them? I don't no. think Jose. I don't think Jose is, um, has his hands in that as no. much as... Yeah, I didn't think so. Sarah Schneider is, a, is like the... Um, she does the food there. She's 
she was formerly she came from Renata. Camus Davis has some classes. I think Camus Davis actually might be the culinary director, culinary director of of the Nightwood, and there are other well-known local. So it's, um, it sounds women. as though this well, is kind of a quiet growth because I just started hearing about it recently, and by probably the turn of the year or into February, March, into the spring, it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be, I bet you it's going to be pretty well known. It's going to be the, the hot thing. Hope so. Yeah. Every, um, the first Sunday of every month on a go forward basis, Ava Jeans transforms its restaurant into a red sauce restaurant. Um, this is the type of restaurant that permeated in New York City a few decades ago or decades ago. Um, it's, you know, you have, they, they take their nice table, they, t- they, they bring in like red vinyl checkerboard, um, t- tablecloths on, put it, put them on each table. They take have those little bit tacky candles and put those on the tables and the, the menu, I, what I had that, what I had, um, the first, it, there's been one little Italy event and I had chicken Parmesan. I had fusilli alla vodka. I had mozzarella sticks. Wow. Uh, yeah, tagliatelle with shrimp scampi. This is so a, this is the kind of menu I didn't know this was happening. This is a kind of Italian menu I love. I we, exactly. That's what we I, get, I, I miss those restaurants. Those restaurants don't exist in Portland. Oh, well, well, those restaurants do exist. Do yeah, there are a couple, but they're not. No offense to those restaurants. They're not. <laughs> well, when so people, let's just say Ava Jeans does a better job of executing that that type of cuisine. Than oh, that's fantastic. Does. That's when I lived in Connecticut. That's where we went to eat literally 50% of the time were those types of Italian restaurants. Veal Parmesan, eggplant Parmesan. Yeah. Different kinds Chicken of... Chicken Marcella. Par- yeah, exactly. Shrimp um, scampi. I just said on Facebook the other day, where's a great shrimp, shrimp scampi around here? It, you don't see it on menus. And I had a blast. I had so much fun. There's actually a Greek salad. I didn't know Greek salads were a part of those type of restaurants. They are. Yeah. I didn't know that. Joshua said, "Yeah." I said, "What the hell is it doing there on this menu?" McFadden said, "Oh, it's just that's they get they just like you said they just are." What's oh, okay. is Do they call that something, or is it just Ava Jean's on Sunday? It's called Ava Jean's Little Italy, and it's the first Sunday of every month. Oh, I wish it was more often. Now I got to put it on the calendar and get there. That excites me. You just got me going. Do Do you hear me get very excited when you talk no. about these? Yeah. No. That one did. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited. I wish they would open a restaurant. Let's go a, do a red sauce restaurant. Let's meet there. We haven't had a meal in a while. Let's do that. Okay, January. All right. Because the center's probably always sold, already sold out. Because it's just in a few. It doesn't matter whether it's literally Lee or just a regular night of jeans. The reservations just. So it's just reservations. You're not buying tickets. Right. Just right. reservations. Okay. Hey, speaking of Italian, we're, we have a couple of awesome Italian-oriented PFAs coming up. One at Renata on January 4th, and uh, also at with Gabriel Pascuzzi at Stacked Sandwiches. We're not doing a sandwich PFA. We're going to be doing, he's going to be doing a menu that's based on his father's experiences in uh, Calabria, and we're doing a, or, yeah, we're doing a Calabrian dinner uh, on February 1st. So, for those who want some real Italian food, those are some excellent opportunities. C- Castagna. I took Castagna last you month. You never this, talk about Castagna. But this, <laughs> but this, this <laughs> last month I did a um, king salmon dinner. So I bought, uh, had Justin buy me a king salmon, and he cooked that said salmon. And there were 11 salmon dishes that night, including a salmon BLT, 
which was pretty wow. awesome. Sam and BLT from Justin Woodward. And I've always, I've always bugged him about making me um, a seafood dessert. And he came close. He did, sort of. Um, he took the, uh, not the salmon, but he took a halibut bone sauce and he put it over a, a, a vanilla ice cream. So it was kind of sweet, a little bit savory. So I, just, I did have a seafood dessert that night. But it, it, it was just an outstanding dinner. Could be my dinner of the year in Portland. Um, well, could be my dinner of the year, period. We'll see. It's still, we still have another six weeks. You don't have that much longer to go. That's up there, I know, there, six then. weeks. And when Michael Russell came in to the studio to do his interview a few months ago, and he released his top, his top 40 list, mm-hmm. the one surprise that I saw, and I mentioned it on the podcast, was Tortoria Tienda de Leon. And it's on 162nd in Northeast Gleason. And I went for the first time. And it's a Gusados place yeah. inside a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's, it's great. It's like 12 bucks. I got totally filled up. Luckily, I didn't bring my backpack. I always carry my backpack. But I walk up to the door. It says, no backpack. I think, oh, uh, I go, I think they, would, they would have had a place for them. I hope so, because I just got to remember, don't bring my backpack. But, so- Guisados are awesome, and they're underrated. I just went to Mimaramole last night. I haven't been there in a long time, and I was just driving into town. It was raining, and I thought, I got my dog in the car. I just want to go somewhere fast, delicious, and cheap. And, man, that was good. I forgot You forget how good things are sometimes when you don't get there often enough. So how did this compare to Mimaramole? I haven't been to Mimaramole in such a long time. We're talking years. Oh, okay. But those those Guisados that... At Tutoria y Tinda de Leon, just you know, go out to 162nd and Northeast Gleason. It's a hike for some people, but it's close. The the um, the Max drops you right off, just a couple of blocks away. It was great. That's what I did. I took the Max to and from. Hey, while we're mentioning this, I'm going to make a suggestion. Following Nick Zukin on Facebook is not a bad thing. He eats out a lot and posts a lot of food, and he travels a lot. He just did a like a long thing in Spain. Um, anyway, just a suggestion for people. If he if he accepts people he doesn't know, Nick Zukin, who owns Me Miramole, who's also had a you know great food blog. In yeah, Portland. I think I think if you can't if you can't friend him, you can at least follow him, and then you'll still get those updates. Right. He yeah. he posts a lot. Yep. I can't believe how much he eats. I think he eats more than you do, Gary. Well, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> challenge, <laughs> I didn't challenge mean to make accepted. it a competitive thing, yeah. but I just think, I look at his feed and think, oh my God, I can't believe he's eating all of this stuff in one day. But I also know that if you follow someone, it appears that they're doing more than they're actually doing because it just accumulates in your brain over time. Um, speaking of Spain, Bar Casaval has a new chef, Jacob Hearth, who came from St. Jack, where he was CDC. And J- Jacob started re- very recently, but he turned over the, almost the entire menu. And I went last week and had the Bar Casaval burger. We had this addictive special sauce and mejon, American cheese, red cabbage, grilled onions. So an- another new burger on the Portland scene that was really, really good. Good. There are a lot of good ones. And I wanted to ask you, I did ask you, you haven't tried the Impossible Burger yet. No. Nope. Would, do you want to? One of these days I will. Okay. I'm just curious. I, I happened to be at um, Superbite when they just came out, or even maybe even the day before, but um, and they served one. I thought it was 
my impression was it was really it was good i like a rare burger so it had that element for me but then i went uh, back with my son and we ordered a regular burger to compare them and uh that they were well. They used the same thing, and they put it on their menu. So there are six restaurants in Portland serving this Impossible Burger, which people don't know is a scientifically designed burger. It's a vegan burger that actually bleeds, and uh, you know it's kind of got the texture of a regular burger. I think we both came to the same conclusion that I, they're marketing it as an alternative for people who like beef. I I think their market is going to be vegans who want to tr- have a different experience than a dry type of, you know, a vegan burger. Drier, I should say. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't necessarily think that I would go in and say I'd rather have that than, you know, the type of the, the great beef that a restaurant like Ox or Superbite would serve. I just don't think that would happen for me. And it's it, an expensive burger from what I've heard. Yeah, I don't know. They 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 didn't make a big deal of it on on the menu. It's kind of... My son had to point it out. He said, oh, there it is. It's down there as an option to the regular burger. You can just have that. But I don't know that it was priced any differently. Maybe. I didn't realize it. But um, anyway, it was interesting because I saw some posts the day after they started serving it, and there were quite a few people talking about how it's not real food and why would you do that, and you're not really supporting farmers by, you know, and, and the environment by doing that. So having not a lot of knowledge in the area other than, gee, it's being out there. And I thought, okay, I'll try that. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it, but it's, uh, they made a big deal. There's a big marketing push and there are people like, you know, Bill Gates behind it. So that's something to pay attention to the impossible burger. Yep. Sounds interesting. But yeah. getting back to BCV, like I said, Jacob turned over the almost the entire menu. Also had some other good things like the Monterey squid and smoked bone marrow. And he has a beef tartare dish with the Moroccan olives, saltis, uh, shellfish, and shellfish mayo. So go to BCV, have some sherry. Shellfish and some, mayo. And have, and have some Jacob's food. Nice. Uh, and then um, Greg Gorday has turned over his menu at Departure, and now it's a fall-winter menu. And I had like 14 dishes a few weeks ago with my friends Carrie and Drew. And we got totally overwhelmed, blasted with dish after dish. There, you know, most of them are excellent. Uh, uh, there was a stellar dish of seafood with bacon and kimchi. It was a hot pot, so we might want to try that one. Some of the sushi rolls um, that he has, some of the new sushi rolls, were very, very good, including a, a caviar and tamago roll. That was like thirty-four dollars, but what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, and his desserts are are he he may be he is one of the best pastry chefs, even though he's really not a pastry chef. He is one of the best pastry chefs in this town easily, and the desserts I had that night were some of the best I've had this year. Period. No matter no matter where in this country in this world, and my I had like three of them. Uh, we had three of them. My favorite of the three was it's warm coconut milk soup. And it's a dessert. Go there, go to departure, have the warm coconut milk soup from Gregory. He's a superstar, man. He's not only running this restaurant, but in departure in Denver. And he's involved in a lot of things. Gregory is just remarkable. And his food, 
is still of you know high quality. I mean, for Portland, and you know, I, I've enjoyed what he's done over the last year. He this year has been a very good year for Gregory, even though he's traveling a lot and the food has not suffered at all. Plus, he must have a strong. He does have a strong staff, both probably not probably both here and in Denver. Got big staffs. Jamie Flat here and Ben Love and and um and Taylor over there. So yep, great. Good job, Gregory. Speaking of top chef, guess what? Dougie Adams, he's at the Woodsman. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, I I uh, had a um oh, he only has a couple of things so far on the menu. He's it's a slow uh transition for Doug. Was the bologna, is the bologna his? The bologna okay. sandwich is his, and I also had a braised elk shoulder, and that's his dish too. And it's, I had this a couple of weeks ago, so maybe by now he has a few more new dishes out there. But it's um, refreshing for the woodsman to bring in someone like Dougie for however long that'll last until Buller opens to do some work on that menu. Yeah, and I happened to stop in there one night and ran into some good friends. Eric from Pono and Peter Cho and Son were there, and um, so everybody's everybody loves Doug. So everybody's there supporting it. I would say sometime mid December, once he gets a few more items on the menu, might be a good time to stop in. Yep. Speaking of another top chef, is doing a Taco Tuesday, and that's B.J. Smith at Smokehouse Tavern. On Southeast Morrison, the first one he did, again speaking of another Top Chef, which we just talked about, was Doug Adams. He was first up on that Taco Tuesday. Um, Katsuji, um, another Top Chef contestant, I think is next. Trying to, I've, I've tried to find out when that will happen. I and I can't. I don't know how BJ is going to release the the schedule. I guess. Go to Instagram and follow B.J. Smith on his, either his personal Instagram account or Smokehouse Tavern's Instagram account or Twitter or some other, like Facebook, something. Because right now, I don't know when the next one is. I heard he said, B.J. said it was Katsuji, so I just don't know when. I may have already missed it. So even I, who tries to keep track of these things, can lose track. Do you, have, do, you do all this in writing or is it all in your head? I don't mean this part. I mean... When you're keeping track of things, do you have a list of things that places? I put it on the calendar. Like yeah, okay. if I if, if I know like there's a Taco Tuesday with Katsuji and I want to go, I just as soon as I find out, just put it on the calendar. Okay. And speaking of future events, oh, when does this? Okay, yeah, this will be released before this event occurs, December fourth at Vivian, and December fourth is a Monday from five to ten p.m. Astral PDX will be there. John Boise and Lauren Brenneman will be doing a, I think it's like a seafood-oriented pop-up um, on Monday. Vivian Kitchen. Vivian, yeah, Vivian Kitchen on Northeast Sandy Boulevard in the Hollywood District. December 4th, Monday from 5 to 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Nice. I most likely will be there. Have you been to um, Acanto yet since, the ch- since Eric and Grab- Gabriella? No, I, I'm going to wait a few weeks because I was told that that is going to be a really slow transition to Eric's food, that they're keeping Chris's, um, Chris dishes, Chris Frazier's dishes on for a little while as 
Eric gets used to the menu, I guess maybe cooking Italian food, which I don't know when he's done that. He's done, he used to probably do pasta dishes at Le Pigeon when he was there with Gabriel. But it's, I'm, I, I would assume it's going to be in, I don't know if it's going to be a severe transition for Eric. We'll see. But right now, I looked at the menu recently, and nothing's really changed. I saw a foie gras dish that looked like an Eric foie gras dish. Yeah, Eric Van Clay, by the way. Former? Former Taylor Railworks, Le Pigeon, and... Le, Little Bird. Little Bird. He was the, he was the guy, uh, he was the guy at Little Bird for a long time. Yep. So, where's? Where's? Oh, in the Johanna, in the zipper, yes. Yeah, she had a burger special a few weeks ago. And it was so good. It was a pork and Chinese sausage burger with peanut sauce, fish sauce, slaw, pickles, and crisp. And, and, and it was fantastic. I said, Joe, how, is this going to be on the menu? No, this is just a, this is like a week special, weekly special. Oh. Then she said, oh, there'll be another burger after this. I said, is that going to be on the menu permanently? No, 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 it's a weekly special. So you should put a burger on the menu. And because I like her burgers. And so I hope Joe puts, you know, a, a burger on the menu permanently at Wares. But regardless, go visit Joe at Wares. I can see her not wanting to do that because she doesn't want that to become the star of the show. Yeah, but if that's what you want, we as in diners. Right. So that's her choice. But go visit Joe at, at Wares. It's a nice little spot inside the zipper. Um, I have two of my favorite um well, one of my another favorite spot in there is the chicken place. What's that? What is it called? I forgot. I love it. The chicken sandwich place. I don't know that, offhand. The, it has the best chicken. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot. But it has the best chicken sandwich in Portland. I love it. I'm just drawing a blank. All right. But it's in well, the zipper. There's only one other. There's only one place in there that serves an amazing chicken sandwich. It's that place. Go there. Okay, let me get back to chicken set basilisk. I looked it up. Googled it. Basil- Basilisk okay. inside the zipper. Go to, and speaking of chicken sandwiches, fried, the last thing I want to talk about, fried chicken sandwiches, not just Basilisk. I've, I went on a mini fried chicken afternoon crawl. I went to Boki Doki on Southeast Hawthorne mm-hmm. inside uh, Rachel's Ginger Beer. I never had it before. It was really good. It's like seven bucks for chicken sandwiches. Absolutely delicious. Then I, then I went from there and I walked over to Lorehurst Market. It was on a Tuesday. But did you did you guys know that every Tuesday for lunch, Laurel Hurst and Benny has Ben Bettinger has a they have a Tuesday fried chicken sandwich special. No, I didn't know that. Good to Laurel know. Laurel Market. Laurel Hurst Market. Tuesday. Fantastic. Lunch. Hey, yep. I'm going to ask you this as we were just talking about uh, Top Chef. I uh-huh. just found out. I didn't know. You know that Iron Chef is back as Iron Chef Showdown. That to me, hands down, the best food chef tv show that there is i had no idea is it on tv right now or are they just yeah i watched an episode last night with uh uh that was i thought it was really well done they made one enhancement they have two chefs starting right off the bat to make one dish uh to get into the point where they're facing uh iron chef simon last night was what i saw i don't think it was the recent episode but my son pointed out that it's going on hands down my favorite the best, it's the least gimmicky of all the, the I'll, I'll watch it. I, I didn't know that, that that was back on TV. Yeah, it is. And by the way, I wanted to mention, I forgot, you mentioned a fried chicken crawl. Uh, 
Natalia Toral and uh, Eric Russ of Pono Brewing. They came to us and said, can we do a uh, fried chicken crawl and just narrate it and send you the file? And uh, I said, okay, as long as it doesn't sound ridiculous. So look forward to that in 2018, too. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Okie All right, thanks, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Bye, all. Take care. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Unsurpassed Quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupan's Markets. And by Ristretto Roasters. With five locations throughout Portland, Ristretto Roasters offers some of the finest locally roasted coffee in the city with gorgeous environments and service with big smiles. Let Ristretto make your day better with a cup or two of great coffee or beans to go. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right at the Fork.